Bibles with me in Psalm 56. Psalm 56, and we'll be also looking at some other texts in Romans and Hebrews. But it says here, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long, an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For For their crime, will they escape? In wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You've kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. And they not are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. I shall not be afraid. What could man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thanks offering to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. And if we can read Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 35. Just What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn Christ Jesus, the one who died, more than that, who has raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? The last text I want us to read is in Hebrews um, chapter 4, verse 16. Just that one verse we're going to look at. And it's, um, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Amen. Amen. I've had, um, I've had the privilege to, to sometimes be in some other parts of the world to see mission work, to see, uh, God doing things, training and equipping people for, for um, church growth or church planting. Um, one of my, I remember being in, in a country in Latin America, which has a, a reputation to being very dangerous and very, uh, has a lot of civil war, has a lot of crime, a lot of other things that really make it difficult to, to travel and, and be there. But yet it's still a place where, we're, where you can literally say where where the, where the darkness is prevailing, the grace of God is prevailing even greater. The light of God is shining even brighter in there. And um, I remember, it wasn't just me, but lots of other uh, churches and missionaries were coming in from different parts of Europe to listen and to receive training and equipping 
And I remember being there, at, well, we were at a hotel together with a lot of the delegations, and I remember seeing this large group from Russia there. They'd come to, they wanted to receive, they wanted to train. They were quite a strange bunch in a sense that they, when you arrive there, they give you this uh, kind of protocol. Do not catch a cab outside of the hotel unless it's a cab or a taxi from the hotel. Do not walk out at certain hours. They gave you lots of things. Do not wear jewelry at certain times outside. Please take care when taking money out of the bank. You know, please ask for someone from the church to help you if you need any help. You know, so these are certain good shopping areas. Avoid these parts of the city. And so there was all these rules and, and you know, things to keep you safe that were there. And the delegation from Russia that was with us there just completely ignored all the rules. And I remember seeing them. They would just wake up, they'd have their breakfast, and then they'd just rush out onto the main roads, and they would just hail a, a taxi at anywhere, just anywhere out there. And I, and I knew, I mean, I was following the rules. I, I'm Latin American. I, I kind of, you know, I, I could at least, you know, I don't stand out. These are blonde, blue, six-foot guys standing out with a lot of Latinos who have short brown hair, dark skin. And so these guys and these women, they were their husbands and wives, um, pastors and missionaries there, were just catching taxis outside in, in, in the main street. And I was, I was afraid for them. I was, like, worried for them. And I went to the um, pastor who was organizing the conference and, or the other, the delegation, the, 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 the group that were organizing the event. And I said to some of the leaders there, and I said to them, look, um, I'm a little worried about the Russian delegation. You know, they walk out and they're catching cabs with their big Russian flags or with their bags and laptops, and they're just out there. They're not, they're not really kind of thinking... You know, I know people can get kidnapped here. I know, you know, we've heard stories where people have disappeared. You know, and that's local Latinos that have happened to. And so I was worried for them. And um, the, the young guy, well, the, this, one of the pastors looked at me and just laughed. And he says, do you know who they are? And I go, no, no, I don't know their background or their story. Well, they're all ex-Russian mafia. And they're now born again serving God. If anything, the taxi driver should be more afraid of them. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Uh, and so... This makes me think a little bit about how we feel fear sometimes, how we sometimes worry about things. And um, thinking about this text especially, and knowing a bit about the context, that King David, well, he's not even a king yet. In this psalm, um, David is yet to be king. This is a place of almost, we could say, transition. He's kind of heading to the, to the throne, but he's being persecuted. He's, he's got, there's a fear here. And you can hear it in the text. There's a, there's a fear and, and an anxiety. He's been anointed. So let's just a little bit for the story for those who maybe not know. David was a shepherd boy, young man prepared, most ignored in the family, but yet God had chosen him to be the new king of Israel. And there was already a king. There was King Saul. And King Saul had failed. And so his kingdom had come to an end and God had now chosen a new king. Samuel the prophet anointed him. And so David's anointed, and David was successful, a successful warrior, a worship leader, a good-looking young man, and he had all of this going for him. And the jealousy in King Saul was kind of lifted up so high that he wanted to kill him. So David is fleeing. When we read this text, David is fleeing, running away from Saul. And so there is this fear because he's now in the enemy's camp. He's in, with the Philistines. So he's now no longer with his people Israel. He's no longer with with those who he, his family, he's now in this place where he's trying to ask God, help me, protect me. Where am I? I feel, I feel this fear. And 
so this psalm kind of comes into, into writing. So we just have that in context. And all of that, if you want to follow the stories, maybe further on, you can read it in 1 Samuel chapter 21. So he's, David's got the oil. He's anointed to be the king. But yet there's this process, this transition still happening in his life. And so David begins to kind of say, and I think we see, he, instead of letting fear grip him and hold him and just maintain him down, he, he comes to a place of prayer and beginning to lift up God and starts to sing. And that was the place we see that David's strength came a lot from his worship, came a lot from being in, in his intimate with God. And, and that was a place where God... Yet, here in this story that we see also, a lot of us think that David is a failure maybe further on in his ministry, in his kingdom that he failed when, with Bathsheba, that he failed when he was um, counting the armies, when he was disobeying God's instructions. But if you actually look, some of his failures also happened before being put on the throne. And this is one of them, this, this failure to, to do things correctly. But yet, God still had mercy on him and grace for him. And so, David understands that he needs to stand before God, he needs to seek Him. And as a man of war... He would also understand and value the, that as a person of, of battle, you always take the high place to, to overcome the enemy. You always look for a high point as you set your armies against others. And, and in that same imagery, you can almost see David setting himself up in prayer to a high place. Yes, I'm rejected by my nation. I'm rejected by my family. I'm rejected uh, by the king who's supposed to be supporting me. But at the same time, I'm in a place that I don't know, in a place of the enemy. But he's taking now everything to a higher place. You hear the psalm saying, I'm being persecuted all day long. They're consistently over me. The enemy is going against me, twisting my words, taking out on me. Remember, David, they would sing of him. They would say, you know, Saul has killed a thousand, but David has killed his ten thousand. So this fame, this, this, this recognition, but that also brought a lot of persecution and a lot of difficulties to his life. So David understood, I've got to take prayer and intercession to a higher level. I've got to go up and take it to the throne of God, to a place where I know I will find mercy and wisdom. So he starts, even though he begins. And David doesn't ignore that he's afraid. He doesn't ignore the fear that exists. He's not ignoring the circumstance around him. He recognizes, yes, there is a lot of go going against me, but I'm going to stand in a place of prayer. I'm going to stand in a place where I can see God's mercy. So we can sometimes have fear entering our hearts. You can see this in David's life, but yet at the same time, letting our minds remember what God has said and the promises. When, um, again, being in the mission or being in, in South America, remember before I was married, we would take these long bus journeys in Costa Rica, uh, and these, uh, you know that you heard about the buses falling off the edge of some of these mountainsides. And I remember being on one of these buses and looking at the side and just seeing the drop. And I would remember, and it felt, yeah, there was fear would come in. But at the same time, I would remember, God, you've promised things. You've said in your word, I know in my heart that I haven't fulfilled a calling yet. I haven't seen everything you wanted to do. Your church still, there's much work to be done. So I know that these, these routes and these things we have to do and paths we have to take are difficult and dangerous at times. But Lord, you've promised and I will stand. I will... I will take a higher road with you, Lord. So it's that confidence knowing that God, that even though fear may come in, even though fear may try to grip the heart, one trusting the Lord and saying, God, you, you're there, you're, you're taking us, you're protecting. So David has, to, has this moment of that, of that change. And then 
he may have seen himself outnumbered. And it's so easy when we, we, we look at our problems and our situations to feel this is bigger than I, hand, I can handle. And God allows that. It is meant to sometimes be more than we can handle physically in our own strength. It takes us to know that God is never outnumbered, that nothing is out of his control. Until we come to a place where we surrender and we say, Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom flourish here, Lord. So I, I know that I can't do it all on my strength, but I know that you can, Lord. So seeing David in this and seeing how he can handle and how he brings it into prayer makes me think about the work that we, we, we're hearing in the mission fields. And we hear how men and women are serving God in, in difficulties, translating or, or working and finding people and sharing the gospel. There's always that challenge. There's always that difficulty to, to go and, and take that step outside your, your comfort zone, to step outside from what you're so used to doing. And it's so easy to let fear grip us and just hold us back from speaking or sharing. But in an understanding that God has a plan, that God loves those that are around us, that God wants to do something. And so we know God, you know, even though there may be a lot in front of us, we know there were many with you, Lord. And even though that there was consistently this danger and difficulty in, in, in happening, we can see that God, you know, you will turn this around. You will begin to move this around. David's prayer also begins this part in, 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 the, in the part where he's asking for justice. He says, Lord, have you not seen them constantly attacking? Have you not seen what they are doing? He asks for mercy, he's asking for grace, but he also, Lord, you are a God of justice. God, we want to see your kingdom, and that means also your righteousness. Yes, we pray for peace. We pray for those things to, to be resolved. But Lord, we also, when there is injustice, whether it's the poor, the orphan, the widow, whether it's to family or to friends, we see, we also ask God, we can come before him and know that, and that he is a righteous judge. Our judgment can sometimes be skewed and sometimes we may not see the whole picture and again that's another place of being in faith isn't it understanding God you can see what I cannot see and I pray that you will you will correct the teachers you will correct the people you will put in order these these things so that your kingdom your righteousness and your justice be established in them I don't want we don't want it to be in our strength and our ability and that is that's a test in David's life it is so easy for him to maybe have taken a physical stance against King Saul, to get angry, to raise up an army against Israel. But you see in his life, he recognizes and says, How, who am I to touch the anointed of God? Who am I to go against God's authority or God's purpose? But understanding, but hey, we're still seeking the justice. And, the, and God's justice is perfect. We see this thing that constantly... That, that the enemy is over the life of David, but yet we can also see God's care. And we begin to see that in the, in, the, in the verses 8 onwards, where we see that he speaks about the misery and the difficulty. Have you not kept count of my tears? Have you not seen what I've been crying out to? David is the object of man's hostility, but David also is the object of God's care. And God cares for him. God sees him and wants the best. And, wants to, and allows him to go through this process. And I think it's always when, when, we, when we walk through difficult times and challenges, it's God is working in us. He's taking things out that need to be taken out so we can be in that other stage, in that other place that He wants us to be in. Instead, and when we begin to see, that, and this is the part of the, of the psalm that I, I, I kind of light up and I'm grateful and I say, you know, God is for me. And you see, begin this difference in David's attitude. 
God is with me. God is for me. He begins to worship him about his word. He begins to lift him up. And this reminds me so much of what we see in Romans 8.31. What shall we say then to those things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So that confidence that God is with us, that God is, 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 His Word has said it. We have seen it. He has been faithful. And as we share testimonies, as we hear the stories of others, as, and, and as you ask the missionaries, as you ask those who have walked it with the Lord, it, it's in this, there's a, a faith-igniting thing about hearing a testimony. And it may be small. Sometimes it can be just about being obedient to God, being faithful, being dedicated to your marriage, being good and, and lifting up your children. As we hear testimonies that honor and glorify God, that ignite something in our hearts, and we say, God is good. I can see the trust, the goodness of God in that marriage. I can see the goodness of God in that ministry. I can see the goodness of God in that church. I can see the goodness of God on that community. That is encouraging. Lord, if you've done it with them, and it also can begin to happen with us as a community, as a marriage. So we hear that and we can say, I can also trust in God. I can also know. The Word says it. I see the lives transformed through it. I can put my trust also in the Lord in that and have that confidence. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? So thinking a little as well about the future. There's all these new things about to happen in the new year with governments, with the changes that we see and we hear. And it's very simple to sometimes open a newspaper and see all the negativity, see all the words, and everyone's, you know, this instability financially, or, or the, you know, whatever's going to happen as we change, as we leave, or as we stay. But yet we, we need to be the people that speak into that and be able to say, you know, in God we trust. He has the final word. Kingdoms and, and nations may rise and fall, and governments may come and go, but we know that his is an everlasting kingdom. His is a kingdom that remains. And David may have thought his kingdom would remain, but yet there was a promise that through him, Jesus would come. We, and that comes into more in the future with his life. So trusting in that, trusting in what God has said, trusting in what the Lord has spoken. In God I trust and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So David comes to a place where he begins to now say, I'm going to give my vows to God. I'm going to worship him i'm going to be thankful and he's not even there in the in the in the tabernacle he's not there in the temple but he set his heart to praise god to thank god even before he had received even before actually seeing the victory he had set his heart to be thankful to god sometimes we're wanting to first if i have it then i will be grateful to god if i see it then i will i'll give glory to god and many times in, in our faith in our walk it is about Lord, I thank you. My eyes are yet to see it, but I'm grateful. I know what, what your word has said. I know what you have spoken. I know what you have uh, placed in my heart. What I believe that what you're going to do in this nation, what you, I believe you're going to do with us as a community, as a church, what I believe what you're going to do with us as individuals, Lord. There is yet to come. Our best days are ahead of us yet. And so, Lord, I, I, I begin to thank you. And I not let my words only to speak what I see and what I feel and what I know, but I also want my words to praise you for what is to come, what is to be, what is to happen. Lord, because I know that you, you have spoken. So Lord, you know, we, we believe for these things. David understood this. God alone had delivered him from everything. 
And yet he had, in his psalm, it's, it is said that he's probably not, had not yet seen his deliverance. We now know, because we can read back onto it, that he was set free, that he, was, he moved on. He had made mistakes, but yet God had prepared him, and he had taken over the throne and had taken a lot of victory for, for the people of God. Um, thinking back again about that Russian delegation, just thinking about them, um, I was just thinking... I got to, I remember coming back one night as we were coming to the end of this conference with the, all these other groups from different parts, from Brazil, from Korea. The Russian delegation were all sitting, uh, were all standing around the piano at the lobby in the hotel. Now, I, 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 could, in, I could hear the tune, but I did not know exactly what they were singing. But as, as they were hitting, I okay, I got the song. I know it's one of those Bethel, I think, songs. It said, uh, oh, how he loves me, how Jesus loves me. It was all in Russian. But it was uh, very moving to see them as in tears and as they sang. And as I began to hear their testimonies, that they had left, that some of the women had left prostitution. Some of these men were, as they said, ex-mafia guys and had now had encountered God, had fallen passionately in love. And their love, the heart was filled with so much love that there was no longer a fear Literally, they could say, I do not fear what man can do. We had seen the worst. We've been in the place that was vile. But now we, we know we can serve God. We've, our hands have been cleansed because of what Jesus has done for us. We know that we can serve him with our gifts. We know that we can love our neighbors. We know that we're here to, be, to share the gospel to the lost. And it was moving that night just to hear them. And I, I could not join in the Russian, but I, I did know the words in English. And just hearing it and, and seeing their praise... And they were, one of the, they were so giving. They were always wanting to be the first to give and to help, uh, the first to give in, in financial relief to, to help some, some needs. And they were very passionate about what God had done. And that, that you'd see how once they were people who would create fear in others, people who would intimidate, but yet now huge still, massive arms and <laughs> tattoos and everything. But when they would embrace you, you would feel the love of God. And I could only see how the gospel, how the goodness and the love of God can transform a person around completely. And someone you would probably be afraid of now would be someone, this is a brother in Christ. This is someone who I know, someone I can share. So I think about that as we, as we come in closing. And I just ask you, as we come to this new year, that the Lord also work in our hearts. If there is fear, if there's anxiety, if there's things that we're asking the Lord to deal with us. And at the new year, we will be growing our trust in Him growing our confidence in Him, that we can have that assurance that we can boldly come before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, find grace in a time of help, in a time of need. So I want us to, as we stand, if we can stand please as we pray, and, and we put this time before God, what, what things are troubling our hearts? What things are we asking God for the new year? And then pray... Lord, I will trust you. What, what can man do? What can the world do, Lord? My, my, I put my life, my family, and us as a community and church in your hands, Lord. We, we put them before you, God. As we bow our heads and pray, we, let us ask the Lord to begin a stirring in our hearts. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And we're grateful, Lord, for what you have said, what you have done. Lord, the good work that you've started in each person, you were also completing. Lord, the words and the promises that you've spoken. Lord, maybe our eyes have yet to see 
Lord, the fulfillment of some of these things. But we will continue to praise and lift our worship to You. That You are good, Lord. That we can hold on to You, Lord. Father, we will know that, Lord, that, uh, that even though there may be many things trying to bring and oppress, but Lord, we surrender under You, Lord. And that you, be li- you lift us up, You lift our heads, Lord, that we may see and speak of Your goodness and Your kindness and Your provision. That You take care of us at all times, Lord. Father, we thank You, Lord. We pray, Lord, Father, that the, this year that is ahead of us, Lord, we will walk with confidence. We will continuously come before Your throne. One, to praise You and to, to lift up Your name because You are King, You are sovereign, You are wonderful and glorious. But also, Lord, as we come, we, we want to receive Your instructions and Your guidance and Your wisdom to speak and to build and to serve and to love, Lord. Father, that our hands be cleansed, Lord, that we will serve You more honorably, Lord Father, this new year. We thank You, Lord. We thank You for what You've done and what You're doing, Lord. We give You all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.